everyone and welcome back to Feminist Futures. I'm your host Wallace Grant and I'm so excited to be back for a second season and I have a little surprise for you all. Oh hello. Hello. <laughs> Introducing yourself. Hello welcome. everybody. It's me and nobody knows who I am. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows who you are yet. That's yes. the most important thing. Yeah, TBC yeah. guys. TBC. So yes. Hello everybody. I'm Lauren. I'm Wallace's dearest friend. You are. Uh, thanks, Hans. For sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And we're actually recording this podcast in Amsterdam. In Amsterdam. Despite the fact that I don't actually live here. Um, ahead of Wallace's wedding. Yeah, for weekend. some reason I decided not only to just like get married this week, but also to record my first podcast episode in person with you. I mean, it made sense because we were going to be in the same city and that was the most, you know, exciting part about exactly. it. But we, I think people thought we were a bit mad when we told them last night, right? <laughs> Exactly. I think the idea was that we would be able to test our chemistry as co-hosts for season two. For season two, yes. Which brings us nicely back over to you, Wallace, to talk through season one, why you've decided to kind of pivot away from the structure of season one. I know. Um, And don't worry, listeners, you'll get to hear a lot more from me in the next (laughs) 30 minutes. So don't you worry. Well, yeah. I mean, those of you who are avid listeners, um, which better be all the friends that we have. (laughs) I know. We've got double now. Um, Yeah, I guess. So, you know, those of you who kind of followed the, the structure that I had know that Feminist Features came out of literally me being in a pandemic and being like, wow, I need some sort of creative outlet and always wanting to do to do this. And I was so happy with the first season and, and how it went. Um, but, to you know, to give you kind of behind the curtains, it's a lot of work to like, um, you know, record and to be with different people each week, even yeah. though the guests I had were amazing. And, you know, thank you to all of them who, who kind of came on. And I think, you know, we've always spoken about these issues just as ourselves Definitely. and generally, you know, been wanted to talk about it and as you said the chemistry we have is great so I yeah and I wanted you to come on and I think we talked about it right and you were like very keen well up for it um and being a little podcast novice we thought it'd be fun to to do it together and to explore it so so this season will will follow similarly that we will kind of take topics and look at it and and talk about you know what would be the perfect feminist kind of implementation of it but it will mostly be lauren and i kind of going through it and we'll hopefully have some guests at some point and, and kind of bring them on yeah. but i'm just yeah eternally grateful to all the support um i had a really cute moment where someone who i hadn't seen for a while in amsterdam i bumped into them and they were like oh i listened to your podcast and i wanted to like cry i was genuinely like i have to say so excited <laughs> i listened to it in london and it was like hearing your voice it was like yeah being sat right next to you so it's sort of surreal to be actually physically yeah, physically here you in this moment and, um, uh, and to have this opportunity. So, and I think exactly that, the uh, the idea is uh, what we sort of saw it as in our heads was like us over a glass of wine, yes. chatting about topics that we are passionate about, sharing kind of our personal views, but obviously with having kind of prepped evidence and, and backing them up a little bit. Exactly. Um, but just so that, you know, the listeners can feel like they are, part of that and it just feels a little bit more accessible and a little bit more informal and also 
hopefully get means that we can tackle potentially topics that you wouldn't have necessarily covered yeah. uh, yourself and also we can a problem shared is a problem halved in terms of the sort of more administrative side of it as well because exactly. I'm here to go all things poddy all things poddy and just to let you all behind the curtain I mean I, I actually love this when I listen to podcasts and they kind of give the thing this is the first time I've ever recorded in person and I just looked at the decimal points of the thing and it was like oh it's very loud so I've turned down the gain so apologies <laughs> if we're all you know actually we're both very loud people so you probably yeah. can get that sense um, but you know this is also just to show that this is just us and if anyone's thinking about doing a podcast like you can do it and also all the women out there there are so many men podcasts yeah. with men talking and, and uh, talking crap basically not to generalise but you know <laughs> but hashtag to generalise <laughs> I feel like you're there should be a hashtag that's like not to generalise but you say that it's a bit like um, no offence but yeah, no offence you know, but. <laughs> but actually I don't like you um, but it's so. also like part of the reason that I start it and wanted to is that I was listening to a lot of podcasts at the time and yeah there are there are amazing female podcasts out there like don't get me wrong but I was finding it difficult I had to like search them out you know yeah. and when I asked people what they listen to a majority of them and also a majority of them are quite white as well like it is quite difficult I mean we're really breaking the mold here oh, yeah we are not breaking the mold here <laughs> Christ almighty like you know there's a receipts podcast which is like you know two black women and a Hispanic woman and they're yeah. amazing shout out to them but I think I think in general for women like representation in podcasts is is, is really really important but yeah, to kind of come on to basically this 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 episode is to give you a little intro into us, mm-hmm. who we are, you know, um, and and as to to kind of give you that understanding of how we're going to pivot. So we're just going to, you know, go through some things, and hopefully, if you're new to it, you can think, oh, I want to, I want to have some wine chat with those guys. I want to listen to Please. those yeah. guys chat. <laughs> I, I kind of wish that we did actually have a physical. Actually, it's probably a good thing that we don't have actual yeah. wine because the quality of the conversation would probably yeah. in our minds get better but in, in the listeners minds diminish very quickly over time so and yeah just in terms of I suppose like in terms of our origin story is uh, oh yes oh my god we should probably explain that <laughs> I as was well. thinking otherwise it kind of sounds a bit like you've just dragged me no <laughs> Drag me off the street. street. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, my my normal hangout um, is Wallace and I. Uh, we went to the same university, but never okay. actually met whilst there which, which is, is bizarre because the university we went to is literally three streets so that's it like, yeah so and everyone knows everyone which is bizarre i think if i was to summarize it's probably because wallace was infinitely cooler than i was no, and I so we hung out at very different, <laughs> different places but actually uh wallace was doing her masters in in amsterdam mm-hmm. and i had just moved over here with my job and i knew absolutely Nobody, except for, like, my boss, who obviously, with two children, did not want to come hang out with me in the evenings. So a mutual friend of ours put us in touch, and I remember him saying... Oh, I think you'll get on really well with Wallace. Um, and we went for a, a glass of wine uh, appropriately. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we ever stopped talking from no. there. Um, I think we, so. talked, we talked for like four hours. Yeah. Yes, I think they literally had to kick us out. They were yeah, like, yeah. please leave. <laughs> you um, really annoying British people. Yeah. Um, and then it's so lovely because obviously I also know uh, Wallace's fiance because yep. they'd met a couple of weeks previous. So... Yeah, it's, it's yeah, so Yeah, you were nice. like our thruple for a little while. Yeah, <laughs> a power thruple. A power thruple, yeah, sorry, yeah. just to clarify. Yeah, to clarify, we were a power thruple now the time. Um, so, no, and it's been absolutely lovely to kind of have these sort of connections, especially since we both kind of moved back to the UK and obviously yeah. you've now come back to, to yeah. Amsterdam, but kind of that hasn't diminished, you know, 
what, yeah. what, what we had. What we had. I feel like I'm getting married to you this weekend. I know. So. <laughs> but yes. The emotional things. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think like part of the fun of us meeting here was that, you know, we had this connection and that we'd been to the same place but we didn't know each other so it was like it yeah. was like finding something familiar but like in a really exciting way you know like we could really kind of a uh, level and I think we've as I said our friendship has also been based on discussing important topics and challenging each other in a good way like being like oh I've listened to this thing or I read this thing and like yeah. what do you think and stuff and I really you're someone whose like opinion I massively value in terms of like these things so right you. that's why we're here basically yeah. we're gonna we're gonna jump in so I, I you know I wanted to kind of explore and give you a chance to to look at you know we're talking about feminist futures and and I wanted to kind of bring it back to basis and, and you know ask you Miss Lauren um how did you become a feminist and like what, what was your origin story essentially <laughs> yes I love an origin story a yeah. uh, big Marvel fan yeah. um so actually I was thinking about this and, and one of the main attractions for me for this podcast was how I knew it was going to get me thinking and I kind of thought a question like this should be easy enough because it's just me and my truth but actually I was really struggling to pinpoint if there was like a particular moment in time and I think for a lot of people this is probably the case and instead I was just trying to think about when uh, I probably just became more aware and started to challenge things uh, more than I had done before that doesn't mean I wasn't necessarily a feminist prior to that but I think what I realised reflecting on sort of my origins, uh, was that I grew up in predominantly very female-dominated spaces. So Mm. I went to an all-girls school. The extracurriculars that I tended to pick up, like netball and um, even did kickboxing for a while, dark, dark time, um, (laughs) were tended to be very female-oriented. I then went on to go do psychology at university, and I work in uh, human resources and in HR. So they are all... You know, not even consciously, it's not like I'm kind of pivoting towards these areas on purpose, but they tend to be spaces in which I have these incredible pool of women to kind of pull upon. But what it also meant, I suppose, was that I was in a bit of a bubble, I think, particularly growing up, because being at an all-girls school, probably as far as I can remember, wasn't confronted with explicit uh, sexism at any point, you know, coming from a middle-class background, And I think the way that my kind of premature brain sort of interpreted that was to be like, oh, everything's sorted. Like, there isn't really a need for these sorts of movements anymore. And that's quite a radical... I feel bad even saying that now, you know? That Um, makes sense. It's funny, this all-girls school thing always gets me, because I went to a mixed school, and I'd only met people who went to all-girls school and went to uni, right? And I remember someone saying to me, like, actually, it was a really, like radical and very like I mean there were obviously still problems I'm sure but like in some ways the girls weren't like competing for the guys um, attention and vice versa so it was this yeah. place where like women did you have that experience too like T- totally yeah. I mean yeah. it helped that we didn't actually know any boys so uh, <laughs> you were like the only girl on the planet are women <laughs> and your brother yeah exactly my, my poor brother and father the two men in my life um so yeah absolutely and it was a space in which you you know to give like such a classic example you know you could shout for a tampon, you know, does anybody have one yeah, yeah, around, totally, around yeah. the classroom? And, yeah. and you never felt like you really had to hide. But then almost, yeah. if I was to really go in and dissect it, you could absolutely find examples of, like, you know, the the downside of an all-girls experience. Maybe some, like, internalised misogyny. A big term. <laughs> we love it. We'll we love define it. everything in the comments. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah definitely. So, you know, <clears throat> perhaps that's a subject of a, of a future podcast. Of but, future. but what it meant was, I think, I... Was, was in quite, a, I suppose, a passive space in that. And 
probably very very um narrow-minded and siloed in terms yep. of how I how I viewed the world um and then I, I think the shift came for me and so I'm an avid follower of, of pop culture it's a terrible side of me don't don't judge me less she's the worst music taste I've ever met of anyone and I say that with so much love <laughs> it's so sad but inevitably so true um <laughs> Uh, the shaming, the shaming has already begun. <laughs> yeah, I feel victimized in this tiny booth. Um, so, uh, was I used to? I remember there was a big, big phase, and I actually looked it up to find out what the dates were. And I think I probably became aware of it slightly earlier than like the 2017, 2016 era is yeah. when it was called out. But it's when a lot of uh, celebrities, whether they were actual celebrities or not so much, really um, started to shy away from the term feminist. And I just remember reading yeah. so much about people that were like, you know, they are man-hating, bra-burning um, individuals and, you know, we don't we need a new age of, of, yeah. of uh, you know, people being like, I believe in equality but I'm not a feminist. And I just remember f- feeling like those obviously are completely conflicting statements. Yes. Um, and so I remember gravitating much more towards, like, you know, the definitions of these words. And I yeah. think I just felt somewhat saddened by the fact that, even the terminology that we use to try and unite us is beginning to be like fragmented and politicized and used yeah. against us. So um, yeah, you I said it really nice. You said like weaponized the other day, and I hadn't thought about that. Like it is like like feminism and feminists are thrown back in people's faces so often. And yeah. I I can agree with you that I remember that period as well and being like, what is this? And yeah. like, where did it come from? You know it, exactly. And that's why I mean, I was like, I can't remember the exact like year or or, t- or phase of my yeah. life that I was going through, but I remember really, you know, a lot of people rejecting that terminology and actually it kind of had the counterintuitive effect of actually putting a lot of focus on it. And I actually think a lot of people tended to gravitate towards it. And so it would be from that moment on that I not only kind of identified as a feminist, but would proactively like encourage others to use the same terminology as well. Yeah. And so when I when people would say, oh, I'm not a feminist, I would, you know, inquire much more and be much more questioning about it to say, but so sorry, Help me understand, like, what what, what yeah. do you see? Do you know what's what really nice me? It's when people say, I'm not a feminist, but I believe that men and women should be equal. And I'm like, that is the, <laughs> the physical <laughs> definition of feminism. Totally. Like, look it up in the dictionary. <sighs> and you then, don't want to be that dick that's like, look it up in a dictionary, but like, please do no, like, yeah. <laughs> And I think I yeah. became that. And then, yeah. Yeah. you know, weirdly, you start to, as soon as you start to actually promote or challenge, that's yeah. when you actually start to encounter those like boundaries so much more than you did obviously when you just sat in your comfortable space and didn't really challenge the way of working or how things how things were so I think at that point that was where I was like oh okay there is still a kind of fight to be fought here you know hot take Lauren but yes um But I get that because if you've grown up in quite a like bubble space and I kind of have a similar thing that a lot of the careers I've been in, I've been really lucky to be mentored by like really amazing women who've like kind of defined their, their, their fields. But then I think about, so for example, like my partner works in tech, it's a very male dominated industry there. And like the difference in terms of some of the stuff that goes on is so interesting because working in the like kind of um, public sector, like nonprofit sector, it's the complete opposite. Like if you have a guy in your office, people are like normally like, oh my God, that's, that's it. So yeah. I totally understand that you would have this bubble and then to be faced with reality, you're like, oh, it doesn't match up. Yeah. And yeah. also I just realized that passivity or passivism, don't, definitely not using the right words there. But yeah, I think my other probably reflection was realizing that being passive wasn't yeah. going to change anything. And, 100%, that's not, and yeah. not to say that I 
you know, wanted to, to change the world necessarily, but at least just challenge the way that things were done. Yeah. And I realised, again, and a sort of moment of uh, realising the privileged position I was in and that there were probably a lot of people who wanted to speak out and couldn't. Yeah. And yeah. I had the opportunity or at least a platform and, you know, to, to be able to do that and I, and I wasn't using it. So probably those two aspects in... in kind of parallel meant that that's when I kind of became consciously aware of being a feminist. And I think that journey is is a, is one that people go it's quite common in terms of what we, people go on. Definitely. Um, and I don't think that it's, I think we this is just kind of like the side about the kind of progressive space or like more like leftist space we can sometimes um, feel frustrated at the journey that people have come on and been like how did you not realise earlier and I'm like totally. it doesn't really for me it doesn't really matter uh, you know how the journey you came on to understand mm. or to become you know aware of these issues as long as you're there and your you know your tools that you're using and the way that you're doing it is with like empathy and kind of and grace or whatever like I, I think that's good and I think we need to like move away from that focus of like not coming to it yeah if that makes sense exactly and um, I do think that like education probably plays a big role in this as well because like a lot of people become aware of like the feminist movement and yeah. that's a moment where they're suddenly like oh okay there's this huge history yeah that you know I wasn't even aware of and yeah. people fighting for rights you know I think all you really learn about is that the woman you know got the vote in uh, all in I remember is that someone got hit by a horse like <laughs> honestly and then we got the vote like that is the history the extent of the history of the suffrage yeah, which, go, is, like, not to say which is so bad I can't remember her name which is terrible uh, uh, yeah no I anyway, will yeah, but, <laughs> oh no um, what about you Wallace how did you come to terms with your feminist feminism feminism yeah interestingly I think I, I was similarly I couldn't pin, there was a maybe a couple of moments in my life where I've been like oh wow okay that was kind of a bit of a, a pivot for me but mm. I think you know I was always a very fiercely independent young gal um, <laughs> probably to my detriment in some ways so I always remember being the kind of fighting for justice like I was telling the story last night that um, the boys at school were allowed to play rugby and the girls weren't so we did like a campaign and eventually got to play rugby and none of us liked it yeah <laughs> but we were there we were like cheering on, on the one person we were like playing. we um, guess we're going to play rugby now um, but no those kind of things I think on on um unfairness and, and, ju- and injustice has always been kind of like in my in my little heart and I think always will come from a really strong line of, um, of of women of women and who face their you know women who face discrimination in in ways that weren't I think that they wouldn't identify as being kind of like gender discrimination but now that I look back on it I see yeah. that yeah so I think from from that perspective I always had that and then I think actually you know through uni I, I studied international relations and I came to understand like feminist theory of international relations which was like my mind was blown like mm-hmm. kind of understanding the sort of um, the way the world is run by men and how like masculine kind of traits um, are seen as like dominant and the best way to approach international affairs you know you right. only have to look like Putin or Trump or those kind of things to see what's happening and for me to have that like lens and tool to look at the world even you know silly things like looking at the way that we um, have like nuclear weapon policy or the way that we view immigration or those kind of things through a feminist lens and discovering kind of writers in there was really big and then I think the third thing for me was actually living in the Netherlands when I first moved here because I came here you know after to do to do my master's after I'd, I'd graduated and was met with 
a lot of discrimination, a lot of gender discrimination, oh, like, really? okay. and a lot of young people here who didn't identify as feminist. Right. Like, I had very many conversations with friends here who were like, feminism isn't an issue here. It's like not a big, you know, women women are equal. We're past this. Past yeah. this. And I think, you know, if you live in the Netherlands, you see women cycling around, bringing the kids to school. There's a very, like, pragmatic way. There is a lot of um, equality. But when you look at the stats, there's actually not. So the Netherlands has one of the worst um, gender gaps in terms of working. So right. women work less here than any other European country. I think that's right. And so they and so they have this kind of um, idea that they're very progressive here and they're not. And so for me, that was also interesting to kind of evaluate and be like, is this actually what I believe? And it helped me to kind of double down and do that. And interestingly, now that I've moved back, I feel like it has progressed. Okay. So not fully, but it definitely has in, in some ways. So again, similarly to you were saying, like being in a bit of a bubble and being in a uni where it was quite quite a bubble and then kind of being put into a place that wasn't really made you confront it and then be like that. And I actually think your point around the fact that we all imagine it comes from, like, uh, grandparents or, an uh, you know, an elder generation. Yeah, yeah. That sort of belief or discrimination and that, like, you know, everybody your age holds exactly the same views in light of, you know... Um, further different types of education or access to more information etc but actually like that sort of peer-to-peer um challenge can often be the ones that like really stay with you because you weren't expecting it and then it becomes more of like actually these are the sort of people that i can engage in conversations and in and i think um kind of going back to your point around also studying this and studying a sort of lens to come through I actually think I one of the challenges that I had is when you try and enter into these sorts of discussions with people, <clears throat> obviously they can feel very personal mm. and can be quite emotional. Yeah, 100%. Obviously there's that horrible cliche of, of women being described mm. as emotional, hysterical. Yeah. And I think I wanted to kind of examine this topic in more of a kind of structured way yeah almost to like remove the emotion from it that was my initial yeah you know approach to these sorts of topics but actually as I've grown older and more confident and probably more articulate just you know through just through growing older um I don't I actually want to infuse it with emotion because it can really you know it's, it's not nice to kind of have to uh, objectively look at topics that yeah. are still affecting women and, and your friends and yourself like to this day so it's almost like I started probably coming in with quite a scientific outlook on on it yeah but actually my lens is sort of like much more colored by my own experience and the experiences yeah. of the people around me um, as well so no that's that's really and do you think um in terms of studying mm. wh- why is that what inspired you to start this podcast? And why, why do you think it's so important to view these topics through through that feminist lens? Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, definitely one of the things that I'm really passionate about is like bringing, you know, our theory and this um, kind of, uh, you know, I, I am someone who can get very lost in theory and academics. And I've, I, I've always kind of felt that, but sometimes it was so frustrating to see the gap between how that's actually like implemented. And I think one of the reasons that I wanted to like bring th- this podcast to, to kind of life was that I wanted to explore topics and explore it in a way that was easy and for people to also see like really practical steps. So like, okay, this is what like, if we truly had like a feminist healthcare system, for example, right? This is what it would look like. And then these are the steps that we could take to get there. Like, 
everything is achievable. You know, it, it's obviously like we're not saying that there isn't barriers, political, socioeconomic, whatever, that yeah. kind of thing. But it, it is possible if we are able to, you know, think about it in certain ways and also to, like, include people who are forgotten about a lot. Mm. And, we, you know, we're talking about feminism so often as women, but there are intersections in terms of, like, what that means. Because if you're a black woman or a disabled woman or a refugee woman or an asylum woman, like, um, female, like, you are more likely to experience those different barriers mm. and understanding structural kind of issues was something that, like, really stuck with me. So I think for me and just also to kind of play in the dynamics I was talking about earlier about the kind of feminine and and masculine traits I look around the world now and I see everything and I see the way that like when people act in a more like masculine way or we experience them how they're like rewarded versus like when we think about like female or feminine traits and I you know I'm talking in binaries here but that doesn't mean that I'm talking about you know, just to clarify, I'm not talking about men and men and women. Basically, we're not turfs. I'm just like clarifying <laughs> that we're like genders a spectrum. Yeah. But in general, we have these kind of binaries. And I think, you know, when we talk about, for example, care work, and we saw this during COVID, like we do not value care work in the same way that we value the stock market or, or those good things, which by the way, stock market is made up. That's a whole other thing. Astrology for men. That's what <laughs> I decided. But like the care economy is not valued because it's seen as women's work. It's seen as a feminine aspect. And so for me, understanding what has power and what doesn't is 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 part of what a feminist kind of lens brings. Yeah. And it kind of is able to do that. So that's why I think it's so important. But I think it's we really need to root it in the like everyday, if that makes sense, for people to like feel like a, a, an attachment towards it. Yeah. You know? That, that actually, um, just to add to that, because I was also thinking about you know, why conversations like this or an angle like this is so, so important. And I was reflecting on, I remember reading this really, and I don't even know if it was an, an article or something ages ago that was talking, and I'm going on a tangent here, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. so stay with me because it will come back, um, which is like the Stranger Danger campaign that yeah. was like rolled out, whoever knows, in whatever decade in the past. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading um, this really interesting article about the fact that actually you know, having actually looked at the data that sat behind, you know, kidnappings and all these horrible crimes. Yeah. Like the majority, the vast majority of them were committed by people that uh, individuals knew rather than yeah. strangers. So actually, what was an incredibly catchy um, advertising slogan, yeah. which caught on faster than anybody could have even anticipated, the unintended consequences of that was that everybody learned to basically distrust their neighbours, their community, like yeah. everybody um, so interesting. around them. Yeah, yeah. and I think, yeah. again, this is the tangent coming back in. Uh, We're circling. We're circling. Is, it was just this, this idea that something that is well-meaning actually can have really devastating, unintended, and also like... Uh, far-reaching consequences. Yeah, yeah. You know that that's a that's a whole generation that have been innately taught to yeah. uh, to distrust strangers. Um, when yeah. actually, you know, I am an optimist by by heart, and I like to believe that, that the vast majority of people are actually quite nice. But yeah. um, again, don't don't quote me on that. But I think equally, a lot of the work that's happening in the space of of um, gender and and, and equality can sometimes feel a bit like lip service uh, and or ideas that are well-meaning yeah. but actually don't improve the lives yeah. of the people that they are actually trying to target. And uh, particularly disproportionately, and you talked about intersectionality, those 
uh, those groups of women whose voices are are not um, heard. So yeah. it's almost like you do need to down a kind of almost microscopic lens yeah you know uh, look at these sorts of you know whether it's an issue or a new piece of legislation yeah. and you do need to examine it from from every angle to make sure that you are actually solving the problem that has been raised 100%, um, yeah. and i think my my general optimism perhaps uh made way for some sort of naivety in the sense that i I thought that was how it how it happened, but it's becoming increasingly clear that that that's actually not the case. So, yeah. um, that for me was a was a big, yeah, was a big part of it. Um, just also, to touch, sorry, quickly, yeah, just to touch on the, the the thing you were saying about the um, the lip service. Mm-hmm. I always remember there was like it was maybe like 2015, 2016, and there was a company that were selling like feminist t shirts. I can't remember what it said, whatever, and I it was going feminist, to probably. yes, something like that, right? <laughs> and it was going to charity, and it find you know we we found out that the the, the women who were being who were made the t-shirts were not even being paid like a living wage and were living in horrible conditions where there was like sexual harassment or something like that. So you've got like brown women in the global south or in, in developing nations who are servicing like white women in the north essentially. Like that's that's the dynamic. And yeah. so it, it, it's it's this idea that you really have to go back through. You were saying and do a fine tooth comb because the surface level is not enough anymore. No. And I do think that people are are waking up to this. And, and similarly, in a, in a different field, but like in the concern of climate or environmental space, people are waking up to like, it's not enough that, you know, your one thing is sustainable. Like, what is your supply chain like? You know, what are we doing? Like ethical consumption is becoming more of a thing and yeah. more knowledge. Um, so that's only really a good thing, right? Yeah, and I think like... I. I would, I do think that we are at a point where we have access to so much more data, information, uh, you know, access to technology to allow people to, you know, voice how they are feeling has enabled us to go into a a lot more depth than we may have been able to do traditionally. Um, And I think it it can be so powerful, though, using that data and feeling, you know, you don't need to be able to, like, use an Excel or, like, have a mass A level to be data literate in in these sorts of fields because, actually, it takes Googling and accessing, you know, just some of that that basic information to really equip you with, like, a kind of toolkit to to say, actually, no, this this isn't okay. And I, I was almost thinking, like, the best example I was thinking of is that Invisible Women book, the one that's written. Yeah, I think I'm going to give a slight PCA that she is not the best on trans issues, but her book is really, oh, really good. No. So <laughs> this is no. Oh my god, yeah. I have this all the time where I'm like, there's so many. <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to go into the insights debate, and obviously people can make their minds up in terms of it. But 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 there is definitely an aspect of women writers who are on the turf spend end of the spectrum or like more like the kind of trans exclusion and unfortunately she is kind of one of them but her book is amazing and that's so I think yeah sorry continue it's such a basic concept basically looking at design and design flaws where they have only factored men or male data into the equation um, and if you haven't read it, I don't even think you need to probably read the whole book. There you go. I'm taking it back that you should buy the book or, or give her any money. Do your own um, research, essentially. That's all yeah, I'm going to say. There's, a, there's yeah, some yeah. great stats in there. Yeah. Some areas like I think the best, the well, most well-known example is the office temperature and yeah. how yeah. Uh, offices tend to be uh, aligned to male temperature norms rather than female um, ones. And I just think something like that can be such a good you know almost like water cooler topic that actually highlights 
the yeah. vast structural sexism that yeah. exists in 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 every you know globally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, definitely. I feel like we're totally agreed on why this is such an important. We're like, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think you're you know talking about the experience, like lived experience, is such an important thing to to have. And you know, yeah. as uh, as women we have that every single day and often people you know people who are not women don't don't have that so it's important that we use those little anecdotes because they're they're the ones that help us to understand sexism or racism or prejudice in any time when you hear those individual kind of like emotional stories where something happens and you're like oh that happened to my friend or this happened to a family member you're much more likely to relate to it and understand it than than the kind of um bigger 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 something yeah so I guess for for this season, good a uh, little question for you Ooh. to end. What are you excited about diving into this season? Like, what's what's um, what, great? Yeah, great question. And I suppose it's a bit of an ask out as well to the yeah. to the audience, right? In terms of we want this the content that we cover to feel you know it doesn't yeah. have to necessarily be something that you might encounter every day, but something that you're interested in or don't know a huge amount about, yeah. or just want two people's uh, sort of opinions on that you can. Uh, to help form your own. Yeah. Um, but for me, and, and and don't hate on me again, listeners, uh, I promise it's not a tangent this time, but it's probably a bit of a throwaway remark, which is that I, I've i mentioned my uh, fascination with pop culture. Yeah. Wallace is looking at me, shaking her head. No, not just, at all. Just for if those you, at If home. you ever need a pub quiz person. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair, actually. This gal over Yeah, here. celebrities um, at, like, ch- their child photos, like their school photos. <laughs> yeah, you're so good at that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's my absolute niche, guys. That's a really niche, um, but important. That could be a party trick. It comes up pretty much every single pub quiz that I've been to. So just saying. But I'm definitely more, not more intrigued, but I am intrigued by what I would refer to as pop culture feminist topics. So, like, why do we need a female Thor in the new Thor movie? Like, why are there vast gender differences in male and females um, Mm -hmm. devouring, like, fiction, for example? 100%, Um, yeah. And uh, probably like pop culture is maybe not the right terminology, but more like media related ones. And that's not to say that I think they are the most critical uh, subjects that need to be tackled by on this agenda. But I do think that they often serve to mask like a kind of political or like structural sexist kind of root. Um, And actually the real enjoyment for me is like doing that investigation and that kind of background to be like, right, what's the origin yeah. of that? Um, and, and why do people behave that way? Because yeah. often that can throw up um, some interesting questions. And I also think those sorts of topics, and there's a lot of heavy stuff in the news right now. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah. Which, you know, absolutely deserve to be covered and, and you know yeah. made front of mind. But I think they can feel... Um, I don't know whether we're going to have any sort of emerging or undecided feminists necessarily or listening. Um, but if they are, like, I think these sorts of topics can often be quite an accessible route into the discussion. Um, you know, and I, I'm sure we will have plenty of discussions around things like Roe v. Wade yeah. or like legislative changes that are just, you know, so emotionally yeah. um, fraught. And actually sometimes having that sort of lighter relief, which still you know, provokes questions and, and gets you to challenge the way that, that life is yeah. can be quite a nice segue, you know. Or, or, 100%, yeah, um, yeah. And I think, like, just to, you know, to kind of talk about, not to counter that, but to say, like, you know, I am also one of these people who I... I 
dive into those really heavy topics quite easily like people I can be having a basic conversation with someone and then I'm like have you heard about this horrible thing that's happening I do it all the time with my partner and he's like why Debbie did we Downer, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 or I'm like there's devastation in the world and I think that's what also I like about our dynamic is that we can bring in the hard-hitting stuff but also understand that Absolutely. you know for many people you know obviously we should all be reading those but I understand why people are not and why you would save your own kind of like emotional space for that 100% and you were saying you know about the the characters people consume those on a daily basis and we know how much representation is so important like and how much it shifts uh, understandings and biases and stuff so I I, I think for you know it it may not seem as an important topic but it's the gateway you're right and that's where we need to catch capture people and drag them then to the to the more (laughs) horrible stuff yes Go. Yeah, absolutely. So, on the subject of more horrible stuff, what yeah. uh, what topics would you like to cover this season? Oh God, I feel like I'm going to come in. No, I mean, um, you know, for me, one of the areas that I'm really interested in at the moment, and this is because I kind of work in the or not work, but I volunteer in the in the pro-choice kind of abortion space, is obviously what's happening with Roe v. Wade. Yeah. But more for me to understand, you know. What does it mean when the kind of like right wing power um, or right wing governments have power and they tie that to things like reproductive freedom and nationality or freedom of LGBT people and things like that? Because there's a real correlation between if your country is more right wing and what that means and oppressing women and other groups in that way. So for me, that kind of like looking at it from quite a national perspective and and understanding those dynamics. But then I think like kind of more everyday things, like we're talking about policy and legislation change. You know, I'd really love to dive into some of the, the, um, you know, cost of living stuff at the moment. We know the cost of living is really bad, but what, you know, what would a really fair cost of living look like? Like what would it mean to have, you know, your your taxes done in a different way or or that kind of thing, like those everyday kind of issues that impact us on a on a level but maybe we don't think about it from like oh a feminist perspective like a gender perspective yeah and that's not to say that we we will probably have guests we will for sure yeah, I'm sure yeah, yeah. and I think we'll let them in maybe <laughs> maybe if we can fit them into this little bit oh yeah right now I think we'd be struggling <laughs> it yeah. is worth saying that this is probably one of the few episodes we'll be able to do in person I the know yeah yeah, yeah. doing across the sea um but what what I think works so well is that uh you obviously tapped into your kind of broader sphere of people to yeah kind of bring exactly. them into the conversation and and these sorts of topics and the ones that you've highlighted impact everybody so everybody will have a point of view uh, and a stance on it Um, exactly and yeah no I'm really excited to start getting into it because uh, there'll be uh, there will be so much that I I don't know and I consider myself like fairly you know up to date and and then you just realize there's there's obviously so so much more out there so yeah I think we'll be covering and you know a variety we're going to try and touch upon sort of various different fields but um, if there are particular things that you want us to, you know, zoom 100%, into on, yeah. in a bit more depth, please do let us know as well because uh, we are very open and happy to go with the flow. Go with the flow. Yes. And I think just to say, you know, we, we talked about this as well. Like, we, we're so excited to work together. Mm. And work feels very strange because it doesn't feel like work in a good way. It feels like no. just slapping a microphone down into our conversations that we have and maybe anyway. having them a bit structured. Um, I, have, and I think I'm slightly more articulate than I am just. probably 99% of the time. <laughs> Only just, but just, Only just. about, yeah. We're trying. Um, but it, to, you know, 
to kind of have this space with someone that you trust in that you like mm-hmm. want to dive into this and there'll probably come episodes where we don't agree on it or we come from it from different I angles so. and we do that yeah and we can really do that I think that's what's so exciting and I think for for me doing the episodes on my own I kind of miss that a little bit mm-hmm. um and even though I always had like amazing guests I went away being like oh it would have been so nice to have someone to like bounce those ideas off a little bit more um in more of a comfortable kind of yeah not friendly but like familiar that's the word I'm yeah, like for, and familiar I think, setting you know, we're not going to be uh, accusing each other of quoting, misquoting things, or not yeah. being able to, you know, what what's the stats or the evidence to support that? I think it helps both of us build our confidence in certain spaces to have 100%. that kind of knowledge and expertise. But women raising women, that's yeah, what exactly, exactly. So <laughs> women in podcasts, <laughs> podies for life. I actually I women like in STEM. To, Are we women, women in STEM? In um, this is technology, maybe. science, technology. Yeah, like, leave it with us. Leave yeah. it with us, guys. We'll definitely come up with a more a, a better tagline. Women in STEM. <laughs> um, uh, no, but I think like also it's just a really fun thing to do, and I loved doing it, and I'm so excited for you to also dive into like the world yeah. of podcasts and 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 have it that way. Um, and yeah, we're just we're gonna we're gonna see how it goes, right? We are. Yeah. We're gonna have a great time doing it. So that's what's gonna make yeah. it so exciting. And if I'm not here in season three, you know, it's because yeah. <laughs> we split for artistic differences, right? That's what they always say. Yeah, yeah well, it's like co- a conscious uncoupling yeah, yeah. of uh, Lauren and Wallace. Um, but no, I'm I'm super excited, and I just think it's gonna be a hell of a ride. It's, it's gonna, gonna be good. a hell of a ride. Yeah. Mm. So we that's. I think we've come to the end of our little intro, so oh no, we're hoping they cry already. I know. And it's only the it's end so of episode one. <laughs> but then, to be fair, this will allow Wallace to then focus on her upcoming nuptials, which oh I yeah, think well, probably getting do married in two days, <laughs> <laughs> which probably do need to take uh, slight precedence. It, like literally, all of my family and friends are all in Amsterdam <laughs> at this precise moment, which is bizarre on so many levels. And we have shut ourselves into and we've like, the yeah. booth. I'm and just like, bye guys. <laughs> um, black hole of feminism yeah. over here. Um, so yeah, no, I think. Um, yeah, like we will be releasing episodes probably like what, once a month, did we say? I think that's our plan for sure. And we, you know, we are going to, as I said, dive into topics and, and our plan is just to, you know, respond to anything that's coming up. So like, please send us stuff um, when, when they come out. Um, and, and, and no topic is too silly. No. Actually, there probably are some that are too silly, but like... We'll we find are, an angle. We will <laughs> find a way. We will, as women in STEM, we will find... Women in STEM, a, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I actually have a masses of science, by the way. Do you have a BSc? No, you have a BA. I uh, do you know what? I switched from BSc to an MA. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. I think it's because I um I wanted to take um social anthropology, Aww. which by the way I dropped after a semester <laughs> because it drove me nuts. But um my first essay was anthropology is an adventure. Discuss. Um, so they were like, no thanks. <laughs> this is too high level for me. I can't do this. So yeah, we. I've actually completely forgotten what I was going to say. I think say. we're just very excited, basically, is yes. the plot of this. And if you, you know, if this is your first um, coming to Feminist Futures, like, know that this is the vibe of what's going to come forward. So hopefully it's a fun and entertaining listen and also, like, you know, also educational. Um, and if you're back again from season one, thank you for coming again. And, um, yeah, you'll be hearing a lot more from us. Yeah. Um, and just to flag, as always, we have an Instagram, which is at Feminist Futures Pod, and our Twitter at Podcast Futures. Um, Send us nice things, maybe no hate. Like, I don't know if I can deal with it. I'm quite emotionally fragile. Yeah, um, I feel like I can be the social media manager and be like, no, Lauren, don't see <laughs> these comments. Shield me. Shield you. Shield from me, me, Wallace. Um, 
and yeah, we'll 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 shoot in soon, and we'll, we'll uh, we're just excited to to get going. We yeah. definitely need a, a little sign off. We need a little like tune tune. We'll come up with it at some yeah. point. Yeah, episode yeah, yeah, yeah. two. Tune in for a sign off. A sign off. Yeah, <laughs> and some and other all the other things. As well. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to work with you, Wallace. So excited. Well, take care, everyone, and we will. Yeah, you'll Thank hear you us soon. soon.